Greetings fans, this is another edition of Shy Lounge. I am your host Shinblade. It's been a while since I put out an episode, but I'm here and I'm back and I'm still doing my thing. Man, I have to tell you, it's been a couple of weeks, maybe I should say a couple of months since the last Shy Lounge interview I had with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Just been, um, you know, well, doing my thing, uh, going on the road. I also been uh, doing more of a commentary based uh, type venture that I'm doing as part of interviewing and being a reporter for various websites. So now I can add to my resume being a play-by-play commentator for certain companies is also being a color commentary for other companies. I was supposed to release this episode last week, but you know, um, as we in the world knows, even though I'm dating this episode, there was an election uh, for the United States, and that got pretty ugly. So I decided to put it off until the next week so that when things die down, which they still haven't, I can have something for you to relax to. But anyway, um, I have another episode for you. But first off, I have to give a uh, shout out to MCW Pro Wrestling in Baltimore, Maryland for their last show, which is the Ar- uh, Autumn Armageddon. Uh, thanks to Dan McDevitt and the crew for allowing me to uh, show my presence into the MCW arena, see some great wrestling and, uh, you know, just meet with various people, seeing former WWE diva Melina again. She's doing great in the Indies. She's looking good, too. So, you know, you can check those pictures out on my Facebook page at official shinblade using the at symbol on facebook or you can check me out on instagram under shinsational one s-h-i-n-s-a-t-i-o-n-a-l-o-n-e and also this goes the same for twitter i don't have a snapchat yet i refuse to have one um i hear there's some raw doll things going down the snapchat so i might as well just uh keep myself on the straight and narrow i'm already having trouble with three uh three realms of social media so why add one when you're having trouble juggling with it right but anyway um this episode oh wait a minute i forgot since i pushed this a week back i have to give another shout out to evolve wrestling i was in queens new york for the uh evolve 72 uh finally meeting one of the one of the uh indie sensations jason kincaid out of west virginia um, there was a story behind that. I got to the show a little bit late uh, during the dark match. One of Tommy N's uh, last matches before he uh, officially starts with WWE, as been noted on the website. And I sit next to this woman who's very kind, uh, you know, one chair to sit next to. And I find out later on that she is the wife of Jason Kincaid. So I have to give her a shout out as well. I'm sorry. I forgot her name. My mind's not working. Uh, as far as that memory is concerned, but shout out to Jason K and his wife. Um, this guy is a very unorthodox person in ring of honor wrestling, as well as some of the indie circuits. He will be on the show, uh, eventually as soon as we set up a date and, and, uh, get things going. But meanwhile, I do have a big announcement that's going to happen next month. Uh, as far as shy lounge is concerned, this episode will be out as soon as possible after I nail the interview. Or should I say after I seal the interview with a, uh, should I say a A-list celebrity in New York City. So I'm just going to keep it like that. So if you want to know, just stay tuned. Uh, get on my Facebook. 
like the page, subscribe to it, follow me on Twitter, and then also give me a follow on Instagram. And if you don't have both of those, you can catch my tweets and my Insta pictures. See what I did there? On my Facebook page, they bleed onto it. So check me out at Official Shinblade at Facebook. All right, this episode is with a legend, or should I think it is a legend? If not you, it, I, I would say it was me. Oh, I'm coming out with a dust, dusty list. Also, hey, baby, I had dusty rules. Anyway, this is with former WCW NWA announcer Gary Michael Capetta. Uh, among the months uh, I have been inactive, or as far as the show is concerned, or I've just been away, I've been at the Monster Factory. I have to give a shout out to them and Danny Cage. He's a, a wonderful guy and a tough trainer, so there's no BSing around in the Monster Factory. They create some solid wrestlers, and their uh, track record is of WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, and also TNA Wrestling. But I attended the Super Camp that weekend, and I met up with Gary Michael Capetta about, um, I don't want to give away this interview, but, you know, where he started in the business, um, you know, being in the NWA and WCW. And also, I didn't know this myself, or should I blink and missed it when it comes to the history books, but he was in the World Wrestling Federation or the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So we had a great conversation, only 20 minutes. I will warn people, though, that it was a bit of a technical difficulties. Um, we were finishing up the camp and, you know, the guy, the boys were talking. So it kind of echoed all over the building because the Monster Factory Wrestling School in Paulsburg, New Jersey, is like a warehouse. So sound travels. So, you know, you hear uh, one thing, you can hear it all over the building. So there's really no sneaking in there. But we did hammer out the interview. Uh, you know, just shelter ourselves in the corner and, uh, you know, just just lay the lay the podcast down. So with that, um, mm, excuse me, with that, with uh, Gary, he, he gave uh, me a few insights about the business. We talked uh, we, we talked more than this interview. So there are certain things I can say and certain things I can't say, but I'm going to leave it on to the, to the interview, which you will hear in a second. But first, I have a song that has been contributed to the show by the by a MC by the name of Contradiction. He uh, emailed me a song at shin.blade.808 at gmail.com. And it's a very, very uh, in- thoughtful song. I-, I thought I should play it, you know, as far as... Um, the election is concerned. This is not a political podcast, but, um, you know, I think for the hip hop heads that listen to shy lounge, this would be a track for them to listen to. It's called human H U E M A N human by contradiction. It's a tight song. It's a dope song. I love the beat. It gets you going It makes you think, and it makes you rock. But, I will also say that if you want to get with contradiction or contact contradiction, pause with contradiction. If you want to contact contradiction, you can contact him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat under contradiction at contradiction. I will spell it out for you. K O N T R A H D I C T I O N again, K O N T R A H D I C T I O N. So with that being said, 
This is Contradiction with Human. Yeah. Black man is God. It's only one man. Yeah. Black man, the original man, was all colors. We can't fight wars, we all brothers. Red, white, brown, yellow, black, more variety than two cans. That's why they call us human. Black man, the original man, was all colors. We can't fight wars, we all brothers. Red, white, brown, yellow, black, more variety than two cans. That's why they call us human. She black man. Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? variety of hues, it's time we change society views, nobody's solving problems, they trying to make a dollar, make a living off of making the killing inside the market, the contradictions, I've been living with them since August, when I was born, a refugee in an apartment, a black boy, I couldn't be more of a target, a life filled with hate, I read yours in my comments, taught to judge and qualify, I own this being ghetto, drop our subculture to subservient levels, but I love Keisha, Kwanisha, and Little Draymond was never ratchet, Bradley, where'd you get your name from? European descent became the norm. So much so your name, your son Brandon, James, and John. Black men with European names, that's insane. I've never seen a Chinese guy who's named James. Embrace your own, take the throne, time to show some pride. It's only 45 million of us left alive. The number's dwindling, but slavery never ended. And don't believe me, read the amendment then. Clearly state slavery is legal in the prison system. How many black men you know inside the prison system? Look pay attention, it's like the shit here was meant to get us, we get police not protected, do you get the difference? Just please remember, black man, the original man was all colors, we can't fight wars, we all brothers, red, white, brown, yellow, black, more variety than two cans, that's why they call us human, black man, the original man was all colors, we can't fight wars, we all brothers, red, white, brown, yellow, black, more variety than two cans, that's why they call us human. Illuminati is really the false prophets The Jews are not Hebrews Religion will mislead you Read the books and understand it all works in unison They propagate hate crimes To try to cause confusion when It's pieces to the same puzzle in the land Stargates in Jerusalem under the sand The eighth and ninth wonders were halted when we were grabbed They mixed tribes together by calling all of us black They killed the Sid, stole the grimoires Warned Islam, the only thing resistant to the world's Nimrod Loan money, understand it's the devil who Owns money. I want you to know who you praying to. This is how he dwells inside of the lies. His greatest deception is using men to influence the mind. A bunch of us are blinded. I can see it in your eyes. You're praying to a devil that's a demon in disguise. Thou shalt have no idol of pagan images. Fuck your Jesus peace and your six God. We sevens, bitch. Any DJ don't show me love. Just know I'm pressing shit. This is more important than shucking job for a portion. This is about restoring harmonic divine order. 144 hertz. Tell me why the boy works to make a living just a Never live, the school system is raping children, they never help Black man, the original man was all colors. We can't fight wars, we all brothers. Red, white, brown, yellow, black, more variety than two cans. That's why they call us human. Black man, the original man was all colors. We can't fight wars, we all brothers. Red, white, brown, yellow, black, more variety than two cans. That's why they call us human. She black man.
All right, so I'm here with uh, legendary WCW announcer Gary Michael Capetta at the Monster Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey, is it? Yes, it is. So, um, how, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It was great to see you. I gave uh, you know, some of the business of pro wrestling, and um, I always like doing it. It's just to, to support the stars of tomorrow, the guys that are training now, Okay. because they're the future of the business. Yeah, and um, for fans, for the uh, fans that are that were around in the late '80s or in the '90s, you were the voice. To me, you were the voice of WCW, the ring announcer, yes. with a very, very iconic voice. Now, how did you get there, like as far as uh, being a ring announcer in this business? Well, uh, well, in the very beginning, I just volunteered. There was not anything to it. And then I worked for, well, before it was WWE, it was WWF. Okay. I worked with them, the McMahon family, for 11 years. Then, when I finished there, I started working a little bit with AWA, and it was the first program on ESPN. Oh, so this was the post, uh, the post Hulky years, Hulkamania's. This was the mid '80s. Oh, okay. So, um, how was how was that with Vern Gagne and being in Minnesota? It was okay. I actually did the the shows in Atlantic City. Oh, oh yeah. It was uh, the Tropicana. But he flew me out a couple times to do pay-per-views for him. Uh, one was in Chicago, and one was in Minneapolis. You're right. And then from there, I started working with the Crockett's in NWA. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite years. Uh, like in the 80s, like after the first Starcade had premiered, because I was a wrestling guy and I and I grew up in um, Honolulu, Hawaii. Wow. So like we had watched NWA mostly. Uh, WWF not so much. Um, not until like when when they started doing pay-per-views with WrestleMania, and that's when they started taking over. Yeah. But I was also I was always a fan of NWA because they had wrestling. There's not too much of a, a showmanship type thing. Yes. When I when I left the uh, WWF, it was what I always say is it was comparing the ballet of WWF to the kick butt wrestling of NWA, <laughs> and I had never seen anything like that. So okay, you know, so hard and um, yeah, I mean, you just get captured into Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA and Flair mm-hmm. and Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. And, Nikita Koloff, it just went on and on and on. Now, I know you have stories about, like, you know, being on the road and, you know, traveling with some of the talent or, you know, some some ribs that, that they played on you or you've seen have been played on the, uh, other wrestlers. Well, when I was when I was really young and I started with um, WWF, um, I was totally unaware of really the inner workings of the business. Like, that was not a time when they shared anything. Okay. I, I wasn't even allowed to dress with the wrestlers. Whoa. That's how separate they kept us. Yeah, because they didn't want me to see, like, a heel and a face playing cards or whatever. Okay. Or even being in the same room. I know it's hard to today to, like, think about it or to wrap your mind around it, but that's how serious things were. It's hard to imagine because, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to expose the business, but this is a... Uh, show entertainment type uh, I don't want to say sports entertainment but entertainment type uh, show where you know you have your actors you have your players you're a ring announcer and commentator yeah but that's not how it was portrayed then. okay it was portrayed as a legitimate competition okay so um, yeah and they and they protected that so um, they used to the guys liked me because I was 
energetic, mm-hmm. and because I believed, really, I was a fan. Mm-hmm. And so in the early days, people like Jimmy Snooker and George Steele and Peter Maivia, they would like use me as a prop. You know, they they really? body slam me. They would hit, they would chase me. They, and it, I was you know scared to death because I really believed what was going on. What was the scariest thing that you encountered? Uh, when George Steele jumped me from behind on national, on national television. He just literally jumped, pounced on top of you from behind? Yes, he did. And, um, yeah, so they used me as a prop. <laughs> and even though I was uh, afraid, mm-hmm. it drew attention to me. It wasn't attention that I asked for. Okay. But they just like, like they were bored. They just used me as a toy. Oh man, that's terrible. That, no one ever heard me. Okay, okay. Well, you you were way before the times where you know they're attacking ring announcers now because I remember a couple weeks ago Bobby Cruz or Ring of Honor was attacked uh, by um, I think a Tetsuya Naito from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you you were way before that, way ahead of the curve. Yeah, that was. So, but WCW nobody touched. Um, WCW, no, nobody touched me. I, because by then, I think I had established myself, okay. and they looked at me a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, more of a veteran then, mm-hmm. as opposed to this wide-eyed kid who, you know, didn't know yeah. what was doing, who was you know, what was going on. Yeah, so I had a, a a level of credibility that I obviously didn't have when I started. So how was it trans transitioning from uh, well? Uh, from doing the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, WWF, going to NWA and then going to WCW. Well, WCW is a whole different ballgame for me because I went full-time. Okay. I had taught school um, until I went to WCW. And I was able to work for all the other organizations while I was teaching. Okay. But in 1989, when Ted Turner bought the wrestling promotion for the profits, I actually went on the road full-time and I traveled for so that was the that was the huge difference. And also in WCW, they still they still kept you out in the locker room because of the whole thing. Oh no 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 no. No, even back in the WWF, that that changed. It was only for the first two years, year okay. and a half. Uh, like I said, they they didn't um, they didn't dress you up in a you didn't dress up in a broom closet, did you? Yeah, more like that. <laughs> it depended on the building. Okay. You know, like it could have been the, like where the EMT had their stretcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that. I think it was about two years. That they kept me in the dark. Okay. And then they couldn't anymore because then they put me on TV and the dressing rooms of the TV was just one big common area. Okay. So there weren't separate rooms, there was no place to put me. Yeah. And I had to go around and you know find out where everyone was from and what they weighed and because they would constantly bring new guys in for TV. Okay. So that would have been two years in. No, so by the time I got to WCW, I had been in the locker room, you know, for a long time. Okay. Well, now um, you, you had a little small session earlier about uh, brand promoting your brand and right. you know the, the, the ins and outs. And one of the things I and I'm going to put this on blast myself and I hardly do this was people on smartphones around the ringside area. Oh, that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, I go on rants sometimes. I'll tell you truth, I'm a little tired right now, so I'm not going to go on a rant. But if I were to go on a rant, this would be one of the things. Because I do guest ring announcing in indie shows from time to time. I'll be going out for NWA Mid-South in Memphis, in Dyersburg, Tennessee, in, in November and December. 
not that this happens there, but I'm just right. as an example. Yeah, yes. Um, and the ring announcer will be really fine, really good, good voice, good delivery. And he thinks that when he gets out of the ring, that his job is over. Mm-hmm. And it is not over as long as you are still being seen by the ringside people. So I have seen too many ring announcers make the introduction, the match starts, they're sitting at ringside, they take out their smartphone, and they start doing whatever they're doing on their smartphone. It's their job to support the wrestlers that are in the ring. It is their job to watch what's going on. It's Because what message is it sending to the fans if someone that's with the promotion doesn't care about what's going on in the ring. I, I agree, and um, I made the point, you know, I asked you earlier about uh, Facebook Live, because a lot of a lot of companies now are using Facebook Live in order to have some kind of third-party uh, camera work, you know, as opposed to the production that the, the company puts out. Which, which is okay, but what you described to me, you said that the ring announcer is actually recording. Yes in the middle of the ring and that's wrong yeah they, I know I know some that will do like a uh, birth, like a uh, point of view type thing like if there's a street fight and they're and two competitors are killing each other with their objects they would just point the phone and just shoot it as far as live or they'll put it on Instagram this is what happened last night you mean sitting at ringside yes yeah, sitting at ringside right there in the action yeah, it's like 30 seconds or something I guess it's it's okay it's that now you're it was a little I envisioned it a little differently when you told me about it so now you're talking about it's like another camera that's capturing the action okay that's okay well okay well <laughs> half and half with that one but you know you were talking about teaching and also you were telling uh, some of these uh, trainees here at the Monster Factory about having backup plans, backup plans as well as uh, making a brand Yes, um, what we were talking about, because my topic at the training camps is the business of pro wrestling. Okay. So part of that is to be sure that you um, protect yourself, even if you have a successful career and you wrestle for decades. When you're finished, you're going to be 45 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have another 30 years of life. Yes. So you still have to be able to support yourself. Okay. And my point was that you should create something now while you're 20, while you're 19. You should either get a degree, get trained to do something, a skill. It could be carpentry. It could be anything that you can at any time go to in order to create a livelihood. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you could get hurt and stop wrestling at any time. Yes. Now, by the time that happens or by the time you retire, you may have a family to support and you're not going to be able to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So you need to lay the groundwork now. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of injuries where like, I'm just past 30. And you know, some of the um, injuries I've seen are guys who are 25 years old who... Somebody says they have a look, they have a work ethic, they're going to go to the, uh, to the big league. And, uh, that's, that's basically what I see. They get injured and they, and they freak out. Like, what am I going to do? Right. How am I going to live? You, know? you shouldn't start thinking about it then. 
because you know that it's going to happen. Not that you're going to get injured, yeah. but you know that your career is going to end while you, at a point when you still have to earn money. Mm-hmm. You still need to earn a living. Mm-hmm. So it would be insane to me not to prepare for that. Yeah. So, I mean, because a lot of times, you know, you see these older wrestlers, and some of them have been to, quote-unquote, the big dance, and they made all this money, yep. and they pissed away the money. That's again. They're in their uh, 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe even beyond, yes. looking for another check. That's right. And, and it's a tragic thing. I mean, we've seen that in that movie called The Wrestler, where you see VFW halls, and these guys are in wheelchairs and crutches, and yep. they're still trying to sell wares from in their heyday or something that websites put out yeah and um that's that's something that um should be addressed to we just had a guy who's 18 years old just graduated high school and he's about to go on to college mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that but a lot of guys say like well that's my you know, I mean, I, I personally, I think just work the weekends and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, it just depends. Everybody everybody begins in a, in a different way and grows in a different way. All I'm saying is when you are still halfway through life and you still have another half of life to live, you're going to have to support yourself. And at, at the time when that happens, if you're fortunate enough, to be in the wrestling industry for 30 or 40 years. If you're fortunate enough to be able to do that and make a living, there's no pension. There's, there's no, you know, unless you start something on your own, you're not going to have money to live for the rest of your life. So that's what I was recommending. Like, prepare for that now while you can. Well, you were in WCW for about... Um, you were different numbers, right? Um, I, I forget how many years though. I know there was a, a transition from you to Penta. I was there for six years. Six years, and you just you just stopped. Right. At a certain point, you got, got tired. Or no, no, they wanted me to move to Atlanta, and um, I was living in New Jersey, and I didn't want to work in the office, and they wanted me to work in the office in addition to go on the road. Oh. They wanted me to do the TVs and work in the office. I didn't want to do that. That sounds very painful. I know. <laughs> I just didn't want to be in that environment. Okay. Well, um, I'll tell you one thing. It's, it's been great uh, seeing, you know, sitting down here talking to you. Thank you. Um, I, I do want to ask you, which I do at the end all the time, is do you have any advice for young wrestlers that we haven't seen that are the up-and-coming wrestlers at any time? The best way to, to get good at whatever it is, whether it be playing guitar, whether it be wrestling, whether it be anything, is just to get out and do it, get the experience. So that would be my number one recommendation is to is to learn from a reputable school like the Monster Factory get out there and do it. What's that? That's a shameless plug. I'm not affiliated with the Monster Factory. I I, I appreciate what they do. I like the philosophy of, you know, that wrestling is a career, not a hobby. Yes. And um, also, you have anything to promote, like fans to... uh, um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'll be in Tennessee in November and December, and then I'll put the brakes on because starting in February, I have my stage show that starts touring. Really? And I start in Philadelphia on February 12th, okay. and then we'll be going over. Right now, I've got Boston lined up, Baltimore, Philly, a couple of towns in Ohio, and I've been talking to other 
other promoters. Okay, well, what I what I do is I'll look into the Baltimore date, if not that, the Philly date, and I'll work it out to, to the point where I want to attend. I want to hear oh, some of the stories. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. This is my big thing in wrestling is the stories, you know, the, um, the, the, the uh, antidotes of ribs. That, that's what I love now because right. I'm, in, I'm sort of in the business. I don't want to say that so I get heat. But I'm sort of in the business where, you know, I can see things on the inside as well as outside. So yes, I would love to come to a game. Cool, I and appreciate that. And, and hopefully, I can ring it out for you. Oh, you, you or can, stage it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, and if there's any promoters out there that wants to bring the show to their to their town, they just need to get in touch with me on Facebook at um, GMC for Real Number Four. GMC for real on Facebook. Oh, with a little with a little slang in there. I'm GMC for real. There you go. Okay. Anything else like uh, email or? No, no. They can message me from there. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Gary Marcus. I appreciate it. Man, that's a mouthful to say. Yeah. You know, what really works for you is you're from Baltimore. Baltimore is one of my favorite cities. Yeah, I live in Baltimore. It's one of my favorite wrestling cities. You have a story? Uh, real quick. Uh, no. About any the things you love in Baltimore? You know, restaurants for sure. <laughs> crab cakes for absolutely sure. You know, how could you lose with that? Well, I'll tell you what. You come down to Baltimore, I bring you to Jimmy Seafood, the best crab cakes in town. Nice. Um, uh, by Johnny Crab Cakes. We'll sit down, have crab cakes, we'll shoot more stories. So. Love it. I'm, I'm there. All right, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great interview by Gary Michael Capetta of WCW fame, legend in my mind, legendary ring announcer. Um, as you see, we discussed a lot of things, including the uh, brand class that he was teaching, which is very important in being a wrestler, let alone being a personality commentator or just anybody in the world of entertainment, because having a brand is so much responsibility. I do so much with the Shindley name, should I say personality or brand, which I do have. And I've been having it for a couple of years, so I'm always tedious about having uh, my brand being represented in the right way and make sure that it is not uh, negative or anything of that nature. And if it is negative, I had to go back and clean it up. I'm a one man brand. Uh, maybe I can brand that. Maybe Heath Slater won't sue me. <laughs> But anyway, if you ever want to catch Gary Michael Capetta, look him up on Facebook at GMC for real. That is GMC, the number four, real, R-E-A-L. And that man is real because we had gone over so much, um, you know, through that through that camp. It was a very enjoyable camp, uh, Monster Factory Super Camp, and I only showed up on Saturday. I did write an article that was published by Angry Marks, Fight Booth, uh, PW, and other websites that are out there. So if you can't find my Monster Factory article, just contact me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I'll I'll send it out to you. Or even go to my email, shin.blade.808 at gmail.com. That goes for anybody. That goes for hip-hop artists who don't want beats submitted. That goes for people who want to contact me about business inquiries, about where to go, what shows to see next. Um... Or, or anything of that nature. I'm not that hard to contact. Uh, I'm very open like a book. We'll negotiate. But anyway, I do have a couple future dates for you. Saturday, uh, November 19th, I will be in Rahway, New Jersey for Russell Pro Edition, which features the Broken Hardies 
and for another time, WWE former WWE star Ryback Reeves. Feed me more. So this is my first time seeing the Hardys uh, live, broken. Uh, I hope, I really, really hope that I won't be obsolete or even deleted. Delete, delete, delete. Anybody in wrestling knows what that means. But after that, I will be at Russell Cade in North Carolina for both days. So you can catch me down there. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Always need water when I do these podcasts. Then afterwards, I'll be in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin on December 3rd for Blizzard Brawl of GLCW Wrestling. That would be by my man David Hero up north in Wisconsin. So if you're in the Midwest, shout out to shout out to one of my fans in Illinois, uh, Mr. Christian, should I call him? Just come on up to uh, GLCW. Then after that, on December 10th, I have a mystery interview, which will be remain silent. I'm going to keep the uh, silent simmering for right now. But it was a A-list celebrity. So if you don't know, stay tuned and I will tell you later. But anyway, thank you very much for Contradiction for your song Black Man and Human, which is a great song. Gary Michael Capetta. Also to the Monster Factory, Danny Cage. You know, I got love for you, man. You do a lot for these wrestlers. If I was young, I would be enrolled in the Monster Factory trying to get my wrestle on. But I'm not. I'm up there in age, so I can't bump like like the other ones. So this show is concluded. This show is ended. This show is not obsolete. This show is still going on. So stay tuned for you uh, Shylines fans and for those who are kept on. Uh, hanging on to the Shy Lounge. I got more love for you. And for those who have just left, because I do this on a journalistic basis, well, I'm glad that you were on. I'm glad you got the experience. Tell a friend. They may like it, even if you don't. Taste is subjective. That's what I always say. But with that being said, thank you very much. I got another episode coming to you shortly. So hang on to that. And this is Shinblade saying peace.